Time to abandon ship. Can I persuade you to join us for a drink? It's a tradition. Here, here. Jar Jar, homie, my main man. Quickly, before the Separatists attack, get into the escape pod. Hey, this is escape. Then where the Everybody, this is Josh from Star Wars Escape Pod. Welcome back, and uh, we have two very special guests today. We have uh, Peter from the Star Wars Podcast, and uh, we have Ian, who has joined us before, who has also been previously engaged with uh, Star Wars as well. So uh, it's a nice, cool little mashup that we got going here, and we're just going to be chatting about uh, the Mandalorian and uh, Mandalorian season two. Uh, lots to look forward to around the corner. So uh, we got that going on today with those two, and uh, I'm super happy, super stoked uh, to have them both. And uh, we'll meet them in just a moment here after this short transition. Another happy landing. Hey guys, welcome to the show. Good to be, good to be here, mate. It's been it's been a while since. Hi everyone, uh, great to be on for the first time. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah. It's and it's Peter, right? That's right. Awesome. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, it's been a while since I've had Ian on. I think, dude. When was the last time I had you on, mate? Was it, um, was it after the Rise of Skywalker? Perhaps? I think. Yeah, yeah. I think early this year. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was actually, and then it was like a catch up, a catch up thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's always good. It's always good to have you back, Peter. It's awesome to meet you. Um, I know you've been. How long has uh, Star Wars been been running for? Uh, just over a year. Just over a year. Wow. So when? What then? Uh, did you start this up last year in uh, in October? So or or, or September. It'll be a bit longer. So we started in August, last August. So we had our anniversary in August. So yeah, over a year now. It's crazy with COVID, how quick time flies. Yeah. Oh no, it's 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 insane. I mean, um, I think like it was it was around August last year actually that I started this one as well. Um, in fact, I I can even tell you exactly like when the first episode dropped of the show. But it's pretty crazy, like you know how how quickly like time flies. And uh, this whole COVID thing is just sort of August thirtieth. That was that was the first episode. Um, it's it's sort of crazy how COVID has just made time go by so quickly because a lot of us are inside, you know, not doing as much stuff. And then, you know, three weeks goes by, and I'll I'll chat with a friend of mine or something, and um, and then I ask them, I was like, oh, how's it going? And they'll just say, uh, good, you know, and what's new? Nothing. <laughs> just, yeah. nothing's new you know <laughs> same old but uh yeah anyway so uh what do you guys talk about on star wars because ian i know that you uh you uh tend to take part in that quite a bit too right yeah i do yeah i'll uh, i'll let pete uh answer what we talk about there's a great deal <laughs> all right what do you guys normally focus on yeah. uh sort of everything so we try to cover news like when it breaks uh we also review um ian came on and we reviewed the mandalorian season one 
Mm. Um, I think we did it every. Was it every three episodes we did it in? Yeah, we try. Yeah, we tried to get around every three or so episodes. Yeah. yeah, and then we did a. Um, I had a Christina Moores on from the uh, Closing Credits podcast who reviewed the last season of Clone Wars with myself. We did it. I think it was every arc breakdown. So like the the first four, the second four, then the third four, uh, like an episode each for that. Right. Um, and then our latest episode was just a review of the Kylo Ren comic book. Oh yeah. Okay, nice. I actually didn't read that. How'd you guys like that one? Because it's still on my list. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was good. It didn't. There were some things that were shocking. Like I didn't really. No, they don't mean that in a bad way. But there was things that I didn't expect it to go in that direction. Like yeah. with the Knights of Ren and that, they were different to how I thought they'd be. But no, I, I definitely recommend you reading it. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I'll definitely be sure to pick it up. I uh, I was a little disappointed with uh, the other one that I read that was going into the new film, which was. Um, Allegiance or or something I think it was called Star Wars Allegiance. Yeah, I was uh, uh, that was a bit. Uh, uh, yeah, I was a bit. I was a bit let down because to be honest, because like when I when I read the thing and then I finished it off and it had the whole um, the whole kind of cliffhanger with with the Moncala and you know the Moncalamari and and then uh, and then it sort of said like we'll continue in Rise of Skywalker and then we went to see the film and I just didn't feel that there was any continuation off of that comic book at all, you know? No. Um, which is too bad, but whatever. No. <laughs> so, uh, oh, Peter, I love your display case, by the way. I got the exact same one behind me. <laughs> from uh, Ito Fru? Yeah, the, the, the classic, the Ikea, the Ikea um, display case there. Yeah, What'd you, what you got inside it? Uh, in my, so I've got two. I don't know if you can see both. Yeah. Um, so I've got one where I've got... Um, do you know the sculpture puzzles, the 3D sculpture puzzles? Oh, yeah. I've got I, a Jar Jar Binks one. one of those, yeah. I've got Jar Jar Binks. Um, he's on one shelf with uh, Episode 1 Mace Windu figure. And then I've got a Darth Vader sculpture puzzle, and he is on a shelf with a, a Tarkin uh, Kenner figure. And then I've got my um, 90s Kenner X-Wing, and then I've got a Lego tie. Uh, the tie from Rogue One. I'm oh, the nice. names escape me right now. Oh yeah, the um, that one with the downward wings, right? Or something. Yeah, go, like the go up and down. Tie strike. Yeah, I think that's the one. Oh yeah, 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 I, think yeah, so. yeah. I think it is. Yeah, yeah I'm not sure. And then in my other detail, I've got um, this one's not very well organized. I've got some exclusive figs. I've got the episode one, uh, 20th anniversary, series Obi Wan. Um, on top of that, I've got my 90s Millennium Falcon from Kenner. And then I've got some uh, Droid Factory figures from um, the Disney Parks. And then I've also got my Snow Speeder from the 90s in the bottom. That is missing a cannon. Very heavily played with as a kid. It's packed in there. <laughs> Do you, now, is this the Disney yeah. Parks from... Uh, from uh, I guess the closest one to you guys would be is it Paris or is this the Disney parks from down in the States so I picked up um, so I got a chopper uh, which I picked up at Celebration Orlando um, so that was from the Celebration Disney store that was there um, oh, yeah. okay. and I've got a pack of four Astromex as well that was from years while I was on there for the same trip and then I've got two holiday specials R2 Boo 
and R2H16. So they're like two Astromex, one's a Halloween special, one's a Christmas special. And um, I was lucky enough to, um, a friend of mine, Savannah, um, her family live in Florida and they were able to pick those up for us and just post them to the UK. So very lucky there. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I was actually there in uh, in Orlando uh, for the for the 2017. That was the only one, the only celebration I've ever been to. Uh, but it was it was very cool. Like I I would love to go back, and I I would love if they hosted it in Florida again because that's kind of my more preferred location. Like I'm I'm not a big fan of of uh, the California area uh, too much. It's just uh, I don't know. I feel like there's not enough to do there. Whereas like Florida, you got like the better Disney park, like the better universal, um, you know, there's, there's a bunch of options over there, but, uh, it was pretty busy. Hey, like, yeah, so busy. Um, yeah. So my first celebration was London, which was the year before, um, over here in the UK, I think at the time, like celebration was, a, I think it was that well-known, um, yeah. it was a lot more, easier to get in and out of things and move around and then when I came out for Celebration Orlando which was my second one the difference was um was huge in like how crowded everywhere was the queues how long how early you had to get places uh, it was really crazy yeah oh, yeah it was insane I just remember walking down around the, the massive convention hall with this endless lineup every every corner that I took you know just far as the eye could see just had to walk more people thousands like it was apparently somebody there that was working there was told us it was the busiest one that that uh, they've ever had which is pretty nuts but um yeah now they have had one in uh in london before i think it was around the same time that rogue one came out did you guys attend that one that was my I first one yeah I, well, I, I didn't attend it no because i was on holiday i didn't know i booked the <laughs> holiday before Brutal. i knew it was coming so i missed it i haven't been to one i've always wanted to go to one yeah. The next one's going to be a no-go because I get married a month after it happens wow. in 2022. So I've got no chance of going to that one. So I'm praying eventually one comes back to London eventually. Hey, congratulations, by the way. I mean, I, no, I, I know you, that man. was a tweet a while back. But uh, but yeah, that's that's awesome news. So have you guys planned everything out yet? or? Uh, we got the venue books and everything, yeah. So just waiting now, is, getting is money served. Weird? What are the restrictions right now with the venue being booked and all that? Is it uh, is there a cap on how many people you can have? Or if you get married now, you can't have more than fifteen. But like we get married in two years' time, and hopefully that'll uh, right. hopefully it'll be gone by twenty twenty two. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, here, here's hoping that uh, that's the case because um, uh, family friends of ours, like, um, well, of my of my family's. Uh, I had a wedding this past summer, and uh, there the cap here, at least in in British Columbia in Canada, um, is uh, fifty people uh, tops. You know, in, in a in a venue, right? So, yeah, yeah. it's um, it's it's not it's not too bad. I mean, our theaters are open. Um, of course, it's only fifty people per screening room. So when you buy tickets, you can only get them two at a time. They're all spaced apart and stuff like that. But um, as soon as the theater opened, like one of the movies they started playing again, just to kind of get people back in the doors again, was Empire Strikes Back. So, um, of course, this year being the 40th anniversary of Empire Strikes Back, I was like, what, what, there's no better time to see it. Because like, I've never seen it in the theater myself. I never went to any of those uh, marathons that they did. 
Um, and uh, they have done them in the past. Like they did one before episode nine came out. They did like a, a whole, like the whole thing, like you know, excluding the, the anthology films they did episodes one through nine. Um, and then episode nine, I think everyone watched it at like six, uh, 6 p.m. or or something like that on uh, on the Friday or the Thursday. They were like one of the first groups to see it. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, sitting down and watching nine movies at once, it's, it's a lot. Uh, I don't know if I could manage that. Um, and I didn't want to buy a ticket just to only watch like part of them. So um, yeah, I've never actually seen Empire in the theater up until this year. Uh, so it was a good year to see it. But uh, is that is that available over there to you guys right now? Or is that um, is that just is that just around here? I went and saw it in the cinema over the summer. Obviously, uh, at the moment, uh, the cinemas are shutting down at the moment in this country because no one can go to it because of the way the UK is dealing with COVID, which isn't a great thing. But uh, yeah, I went and go. I went and saw it in. Uh, I can't remember what it was. I think August. Yeah, I went, I've never seen yeah. it in the cinema. Obviously, I wasn't born when. Uh, <laughs> It first came out, and yeah, I've never been to any of the uh, movie marathons. But yeah, I went and saw it uh, over the summer, and I loved it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, yeah, that's great. Yeah, what about you, Peter? Yeah, so I managed to catch it in August as well. Um, so when the cinemas reopened, that was one of the sort of the classic movies that were shown here in the UK to get audiences back in. Um, I have seen it once before. I saw the 1997 special edition in cinemas. That was the first time I saw it in a theatre. Um, so this was like the second time. For me, watching it in a theater. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, how old were you when, the, when that came out? Then it must have been when you're pretty young. Ninety-seven. Uh, so I was born in nineteen eighty-nine. So I'd have been eight. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's not too bad. Yeah. Do you remember that experience, or or is that is that too far back now that it's pretty hard to to recall? I remember like because I didn't see a new hope. I don't think. Uh, the special editions, I missed it. So that was like my first time watching a Star Wars like inside a cinema. Like I remember sitting down and like it's starting and being excited, but other than that, that's all I remember really. Mm. I uh, see. I was born in '95, so I guess the first one that I probably would have been actually, you know, old enough to go see. Well, I mean, I could have gone to see Phantom Menace, but my, you know, my dad didn't take me. Um, I could have gone to see Attack of the Clones, but uh, but he just didn't take me, right? It, w- it wasn't until, I guess I wasn't like a massive, massive Star Wars fan at the age of like six or whatever it was uh, at the time. But uh, when Revenge of the Sith came out, that was like, that was the one that I went and saw in, in the theater. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I mean, that's the only one I think out of the original six that, that I was able to catch. Um, unfortunately, I wish I could have seen the other ones as well. Or at least said I could have been there. But um, yeah, is that the same for you, Ian? Or like, did you manage to catch those specials? Or ninety-one, I was born. So the first one I saw in the cinema was the uh, Phantom Menace. Okay, yeah, yeah, it was the first one I saw, which I loved. I I always loved the Phantom Menace. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, totally. I, now, do you do you remember the hype, or or is it is it so vague? No, I was like eight years old, so I didn't right. obviously follow. I wasn't on the internet, but he obsessing yeah. about everything. No, I just went and saw it and I loved it. Yeah. I'd already seen the originals yeah. at that point. My mum and uh, dad had shown me them on VHS. Yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, no, I don't remember the hype, but I, I loved The Phantom Menace. It was the first one I've seen in the cinema. I, st- I love that movie. I love The Phantom Menace. I have, uh, I have a special edition um, VHS from The Phantom Menace. Uh, it's like a like a limited box or whatever and it has like this piece of like a film 
you know, with the cardboard cut out around it and stuff. And, um, yeah, it's cool. My aunt gave it to me because she bought it when that when that came out on VHS. But uh, you can't even buy VHS anymore. But it's um, it's a cool thing to have. But um, yeah. So anyway, uh, Mandalorian. Uh, you guys, did you guys do a rewatch recently, or or um, was the was the last time you saw that a year ago? I'll, uh, I've uh, I've rewatched it here and there in the last year, but the last time I sat down and watched every single episode was uh, yeah. yeah about six months ago but i've seen i put my uh, like odd favorite episodes on every now and then yeah just to uh just have a look yeah what about you i started a rewatch this week um so i think i'm about halfway through my rewatch okay. i've watched it twice all the way through like i watched it when it first came out and i watched it again in the uk got disney plus i watched it all again and this is my third time starting again from the beginning. Just oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, you guys just had to, um, yeah, you guys had to wait a while for for that to come out. Uh, wasn't it like yeah, we March? March? Yeah, it was like yeah. man, I I just I don't I don't get it. I don't I don't get why they why they waited so long because like they could have um, they could have easily like brought in so much more money if they just launched it like you know. Early, it was it, it was something to do with uh, basically our biggest broadcaster in the UK is Sky, and uh, mm-hmm. Disney have deals with Sky. And apparently, the reason that they couldn't launch Disney Plus until March was something to do with television contracts or something. So that's why we had to wait till March. Yeah, because I was saying me and Pete used to uh, whinge all the time about trying to find <laughs> alternative methods to watch it. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Because I wasn't waiting until March, I'll tell you that now. <laughs> what can you do, right? I mean, no, no. <laughs> well, hey, I mean, if, if you're a Star Wars fan, you'll do anything to get that, that content right away. I get it. it. Yeah, it's not like you can... It's it's like you, yeah, go on, Pete. Yeah. yeah. And things no, where, like, that's... when you consider... You consider, like, what the ending of episode one of The Mandalorian was yeah, and how it got sort of went crazy is like the most popular thing in the world like if we hadn't watched it the way we did we would have had that spoiled mm-hmm. because we watched it the way we did we were able to enjoy it in the story and be like wowed at the end at the final scene um and i would have hated to have had to found out through a meme or through like someone tweeting about it yeah. like the child of baby yoda like, yeah. but luckily because of the way i watched it i was able to experience in that but going on what Ian was saying about like the Sky deal so Guy have licenses for like a lot of well at the time for a lot of Disney movies and a lot of Marvel movies and the Star Wars movies mm. I think if they had launched Disney Plus in the UK before March a lot of the content wouldn't have been there but I always said that they could have launched it in the UK with just the Mandalorian on like a startup price of like say £5 or $5 all the Star Wars fans would have bought it, and as soon as all the content came on in March, then up the price. But that wasn't the thing, so we had to do it the way we did. Yeah. Okay. So Sky's like Disney's go-to, I guess, for for playing a movie on on television over there. Hey. Yeah, it's like uh, it's, it's like basically satellite TV. Yeah. And you okay. have to have like yeah, literally everything goes through Sky now. But uh, they're starting to lose their grip a bit, obviously with streaming and that. And right. I'm not, I'm not be, I'm going to be pretty honest. It's ridiculously overpriced for what we have to pay. Like I, I'm obviously into football and that, so it's people sport the same team. And if you want 
there's a big uproar at the moment in this country about Sky, but I'm just trying to charge people to watch a game of football. And yeah, what I'm not, I'm not the yeah. But that, basically, when when lockdown lifted, all the games are on telly, and you can yeah. watch them. But now they've come out and said if you want to watch games that weren't picked for telly, you have to pay fifteen pound per game. Oh my goodness! So That's on insane. on top of on top of what you already pay, because you already pay like thirty pound a month for Sky Sports. So just, yeah, you end up paying about hundred pound a month yeah. for everything. And uh, yeah, so on top of the subscription you pay, you have to pay fifteen pound on top of that if you want to watch your team, which everyone is not overly thrilled about. So yeah, I'm not I'm not one of uh, Sky's biggest fans, to be honest. Yeah, I know the the uh, the virtual the virtual overlord controlling all your media. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's that sucks. I mean, it's especially when uh, you look in other countries and you can get every game of football from England for something like twenty dollars a month. Yeah, exactly. So you can watch whatever you want, but in some reason in the UK we have to pay a ridiculous sum of money to watch football. There's um, there's an app over here called called Dazzin or D A Z. Dazzin. Yeah. Does, is it? Yeah, yeah. Do yes, you have Dazzin, access to that? Yeah. It's launching in the UK soon because a lot of boxing's on it. I know that. Yeah. I so know it's launching a, in the UK soon. Yeah. Might be a good um, a good solution because uh, I know my dad used to. Um, they don't. They don't pay for at my family's place um they they don't they've never ever paid for television ever i've always grown up without so all my shows and stuff you know like uh like like peter kind of thing i have to find other ways to to watch the shows i want to watch but um but (laughs) i uh I, I, yeah, I, I grew up without it he you know he's never had it and so when it came down to watching any like nhl hockey games or or whatever um he you know couldn't or like the super bowl for him it's it's like the 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 super bowl um every year he he wants to watch it so um he can't so what he did one year was like he just subscribed to like a trial and just used it to watch that one game and then and then canceled right away and you know that was that was it but it it actually worked pretty well like you get the live stream and everything and yeah it might be a good solution i guess if um if sky is a pain in the butt yeah (laughs) but (laughs) You got a lovely poster back there, Mandalorian. Um, yeah, no. <laughs> the craziest canon collection of books that I've like ever seen. Uh, I know that you tend to like stay on top of all that stuff. Like, um, that's right, so. Yeah, when when a new dawn came out, I uh, I had this plan because at that point there'd been like over two hundred accumulated expanded universe novels and and stuff like that, right? Um, not in, not including like all the comic books and and uh, and it was just so much and I was like I'm never possibly going to be able to read all of these right and then and then when Disney did what they did and and like the, you know they were like hey we're going to start fresh um, this is the first canon book I was like yes like I'm just going to buy all of them like as soon as they come out you know so I started doing that and then it just it, there was just so many I just couldn't keep on top of it at all and now I've got like um half a i mean uh, i've got maybe three three or four cubbies uh i got the same piece of furniture that peter's got back there the the white the white thing but uh it's the calyx from ikea except i got like the biggest like black one and uh i've got the first four cubbies at the top like just filled with star wars books and comics and and all that stuff um but at this point it's only like probably maybe half i guess of like what is actually available like what you got back there which is pretty much everything is there anything you're missing battlefront twilight company i don't have that I've, oh, okay. I'm, it, it's in a it's in a shop in uh, where i live but it's still like 15 pounds i'm waiting for it because it's been there for about five years 
I'm waiting yeah. for him to stick it in the clearance so I can get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm not paying fair. 15 pounds for it. I've read it. I've read it. Uh, I got it on like Kindle for free. Right. But uh, yeah, I just need that one. I think. To be fair. Wow. Yeah. That's that's impressive. Like that is very impressive. I, I don't. I'm I don't pretty know sure. Anyone man. else? I mean, maybe uh, maybe Rancho Obi Wan might have a copy of all of them, but I think you're the only guy that probably has every single one. I'm sure there's one I'm missing, probably somewhere. But yeah, yeah. I just I enjoy reading them. To be fair, you have them all in order. Good timeline order. Yeah, yeah I yeah. try to. Yeah. I went on uh, Wikipedia the other day because uh, setting up here, and I'm just trying to get them in. And then you find two sites that have them in different places. You're like, which one? But right. yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, do, yeah. Do, you, uh, do you stay on top of the books like uh, like Ian over there? Try to. Um, but just show my desk. So this is, I bought this um, probably three weeks ago. And it is the uh, new Thrawn book. Oh, yeah, the, the Thrawn Ascendancy. Okay, yeah. But I haven't finished Thrawn Treason yet. <laughs> yeah, so, actually, I'm in, I'm, in the, I'm in the same boat. I still need to finish that one. I've read the first two. I need to do a third one. Yeah, I just got busy and fell behind with that kind of stuff. And, yeah, I don't know. I was very surprised, though, that Timothy Zahn is, like, just pumping these new new books out, like, no tomorrow, right? I yeah. never finished Thrawn Treason. You never finished it? You, no. you didn't like I it? I need to. Uh, I just thought it was a bit dull, if I'm being honest. Really? I just thought it was a lot of yeah. I just thought it was a bit. I, obviously, I'm. I'll probably go back and read it. Like, yeah. But uh, yeah, I just I think I had like something else to read at the time as well. But I just thought it was a bit dull. It just seemed a bit. Mm-hmm. I prefer the new one. I've read the new one that Pete just mentioned, and uh, I really enjoyed that one. But uh, it's kind of hard when the when the Thrawn books them first read brought the second alliances and treason are sandwiched in between seasons of Rebels. Yeah. So there's oh, okay. not really yeah. there's not really much you can do there, but the yeah the new Thrawn book I really enjoyed. It's like the first of the trilogy, and it, yeah, I really enjoyed that one. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's good to know. I'll, 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 yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'll try and maybe I'll try and listen to Thrawn Treason while I'm working or something like that. Then, then I'm not. I'm gonna have to go back and read it now. I've just said that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, now that you said that, you let me know how it is. Yeah, I will do. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, in general, I guess, uh, ex- like, expectations for, um, I mean, season one for Mandalorian were, like, everyone was blown away, um, just, like, how awesome it was. And I know all of us have wanted Dave Filoni in the director's chairs for a very long time. So, it was very uh, liberating to finally see that that's actually where things are going. And uh, I got to say, like, John Favreau and Dave Filoni make a pretty good team. Um, but... When the first time that you guys like watched the show, like what what did you what did you think about it initially? You know, after like beginning to end, you know, when it was over, what did you think? I think my so I was in the panel celebration Chicago, uh, so I was like very lucky to be in there. And, like the stuff the show in there blew my mind of like what we were getting with this show. I wasn't expecting it to be. Like as crazy as it was in like a good way, like so like the show the clip of um IG Eleven wrecking shop, um like in the panel, yeah. it was just like insane. I think like wow, like this, we're getting this type of content. Um, so like after that panel, I was just like, can't believe we're gonna get this. And then when the show debuted, um, 
uh, totally held up those expectations. Um, I like how it was sort of telling the story on a smaller scale, um, just between sort of a few characters, not not really on a huge wide galaxy. Um, but in terms of the whole galaxy, just in terms of what these few people are doing, and um, but like the attention to detail, like the um, monkey lizards in the cages, um, it's imperial remnant and how worn down they were, um, razor crest, like how awesome that looks and. Like the budget of a TV show and how all the space scenes look as great as they do in a movie. Um, the tension to detail in the costuming, um, not just the Mandos, um, but like everyone else's as well. Um, the Mando going hand to hand combat with their uh, Trandoshans, like mm. just the things that were happening in the show, things that like you would. I t- it's like everyone says about like things you would play out with your action figures or like if you dreamt up scenarios in your head it's the things you would dream up with like or oh, oh, i'll have loads of bosks who would fight boba fett and it would be like one big brawl and then like we actually got that it was um pretty crazy in a good way i'd say yeah yeah what about you in yeah, just echoing what Pete said. Yeah, I saw like bits of it, like the, I saw bits of the footage from Celebration online, and then yeah, I just when when it started, I was hooked. It was just unbelievable. You could tell they weren't messing around with the budget. It didn't look it looked like a movie. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like oh, you can tell this is like because sometimes like I'd say to like obviously an Avengers film, you can tell they spend no expense, and then you see some of the Marvel TV shows, and you're like, yeah, this is a bit low budget. Like, there's not yeah, there's none of that. Like they. Right. definitely put their money into it and I think like season two I think they'll, the budget will probably be doubled to be yeah just for the success of the show oh, all the I, money they've made I, off I, of I, Baby Yoda merch yeah <laughs> <laughs> speaking of which which uh, which I'm getting one of those I ordered one of the life size child uh, figures from uh, from um, uh, the the Sideshow website but it's like it's made by the, the company that made the actual like prop for the, oh, right. for the series yeah which is pretty crazy because uh i don't know i guess it's the close that is closest thing that you can get to owning like an actual you know the actual thing but uh it looks great like all the all the final photographs of that thing and it's insane but um i think it'll be the only life-size thing that i actually buy because a lot of life-size objects are you know in the thousand dollar like range yeah. like you buy like a life-size darth vader for like nine thousand dollars and you know, um, and uh, I don't know. I guess I don't know what that is in pounds, but it's a lot. A lot. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, but this this thing though, it's only like um, it was only like three hundred and fifty dollars, like when it first launched, um, and then it went up to like three seventy five. But uh, that's 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 U.S. mind you. But um, so around like five hundred Canadian or something like that. But yeah. Um but yeah, it's not it's not too too bad. I mean for a life size object that looks amazing. You know, I'm I'm pretty stoked. And uh everyone loves it. Even people who aren't Star Wars fans, I found um at least after I watched the show, uh I found a lot of people who I didn't expect to like the show or didn't expect to be very pleased with it because they just or even check it out because they, they might not have been a Star Wars fan. They loved it. And I was like, this is a show for everybody. You know, like, this is the show, I guess for a lot of us, like, Star Wars fans, it was a movie that actually got us into the fandom, right? And I never really thought about it this way, but 
kind of like how some Star Wars fans who who started getting into Star Wars because of shows like The Clone Wars or Star Wars Rebels. Uh, the Mandalorian is a show for people who aren't exactly really young, and it's a show for people who are like older and have never really gotten into the Star Wars like rhythm. And they've watched that show and they're like, "Oh, this is like this is this is a Star Wars show. Like, this is cool. Like, I can get into this." So I think there's a lot of people out there that weren't into Star Wars before from the films necessarily, and now they've seen The Mandalorian and now they're kind of like getting into it, right? Um, which is pretty cool. I mean, uh, there's a lot of potential there. And, uh, I think in the classic fashion of Star Wars, like, you know, the Mandalorian reinvented some sort of a wheel again with, the the whole, um, like what ILM did with their, their virtual projection background and, um, you know, like lifetime rendering of being able to change the environments and, and stuff like that. Like that was all super cool. I mean, like that's never really been done before. Um, it's something, uh, did you guys watch the, uh, the Walt Disney, uh, documentary on, um, on, uh, Disney plus? I did. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Yeah. Like you said, with the technology, with the, uh, with the volume, I think it's called. It was, uh, yeah, it was, yeah. it was some, is that what it's called? It was like this projection volume, room that, yeah. that Walt Disney had envisioned. Um, and, uh, it was this very futuristic thing, which, you know, nobody was doing at the time. Uh, where they were taking multiple projectors, uh, or sorry, multiple uh, cameras on a rig, uh, and recording something at, at one. It was basically like a, a really old school version of of what what might be like a three sixty degree camera, like these days, which you know it's got all the little camera like GoPro camera lenses on it. Um, but it was this giant rig, and uh, massive cameras with actual film, and they were all you know filming at the same time. And, uh, and then they would take that footage and actually like project it onto screens that would have, they would have a border between them, but it would be in this like wide array that would kind of like wrap around you a bit. And then, and then the next version or whatever was even better. And uh, it was like a 360 degree screen and, and, uh, um, a lot more, um, visibility and, and everything like that. And, um, I don't think he would ever like, I, I mean, I think his hope was that one day it might actually be used for something. Uh, but I mean, the concept and the idea of having this like 360 degree projection of like something and then having, you know, flash forward like 60 years or whatever, or however long it's been since that was a thing. And, uh, and now it's the same concept, but done digitally uh, and then using super high quality 4k or 8k projectors that, that, you know, have the background in this like omnisphere dome with like a practical set in the middle, you know, and then, and then they're filming inside of that, which is insane. And, and the background is tracked to like the camera and everything. It's crazy. Like, it's like, it's like, it's like a whole new generation of, of like, of what filming can accomplish in a very, on a very confined budget. Well, not super confined, but you know, not exactly, you know, $200 million per episode kind of thing. We're talking about like 10 or 12, but um, but yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy, like what the times have done. And, and, uh, I think, um, this is something that actually like honors George Lucas's legacy as to what he left behind, because he's a guy that also kept on reinventing that wheel as to like how Star Wars was done and how it affected the rest of the film industry in general. Um, I mean, the first one breaking 
so many, so many different records and uh, winning an incredible amount of Oscars. And then, you know, going on from there, every single one has like their own thing that they, that they did, you know, and even THX, like THX, the audio company, like reinventing how audio is experienced in a movie theater. And then uh, Attack of the Clones being the first movie to force theaters to be uh, converting their, their rooms to digital. Uh, rather than running film projectors, uh, which they were still doing, like in the early two thousands, they they hadn't fully switched over to digital uh, digital project projectors yet. So, um, it's pretty crazy, like how how far I think people like that have pushed this industry, and and like the stuff that we get today, kind of like Mandalorian, uh, is a result of all of that, and it's uh, a result that is also doing its part to like give us better content in the future. So I can only imagine what you know a live action Star Wars show will look like 10 years down the road because uh, I think we all know here that they're not just going to stop making Star Wars stuff anytime soon. I mean, Disney made a pretty big investment and they plan to collect, but um, I'm looking forward to it. So um, what are you guys thinking about season two? Like, like, what do you think? Um, what do you think we'll, we'll see? Hmm. I think um, if you want to dive into the footage we've seen, I've noticed, um, I can't remember the guy's name, you'll probably know, uh, the, the blue sort of aquatic alien who the uh, Mando collects in episode one. I don't know his name. It I really don't. Like, <laughs> it looks like he is um, in the troop tank, the troop transport. Yeah, I with, saw um, Mando. in the trailer, yeah. So I wonder if they've broken him out of like an Imperial prison, which... You know, the timeline would suggest he'd be in the New Republic prison, but maybe there's still an Imperial prison somewhere. Because um, he's in the in the trooper transport with uh, and Mando, and then it looks like the speeder bikes are chasing after them. Right. So I like how that, if I just like how like a a character who wasn't really in it much, but had a lot to say in that first episode, and then he's going to like reappear here and maybe help the guys. Help the team, uh, which is pretty cool. Yeah, of a little throwback for season one. I like I like that idea. Yeah, because like we really didn't get much of him, and and uh, I don't know. I thought he was a funny character. You know, just just kind of uh, he fit that that perfect role for um, introducing the Mandalorian, and then just showing how awkward he could be like around other people that he just didn't talk to and and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, <clears throat> it'll be interesting to see like what they bring him back for because. Uh, I thought that he was just kind of a, it's like, oh, he's gone kind of thing, right? Uh, never thought I'd see him again. But, uh, yeah, no, that's that's a good point. Um, what, do, what do you guys think about the snowy planets? Like, like, where do you think that is? Are, do you think it's like a new location, old location? I would love it to be Elon, but I don't think it will be. <laughs> but uh, I saw in the trailer the other day there's a dead, like, spider creature on the razor crest on the uh, icy planet. I saw that in the trailer, so I don't know whether... I'm probably going to be a new planet, I would have thought. Uh, I had a thought once that it might have been a Cronist, the place where Sabine's family lives, maybe. It says in the uh, it says in the trailer he's searching for other Mandalorians to guide him. So he's obviously looking out for Mandalorians, and I probably believe that's Mandalorians who we know. I don't think he'd be looking for like random Mandalorians we've never met. Right. So I think that's where like Sabine, maybe Bo-Katan, have been rumoured. Are you uh, um, are you talking about like that snowy planet that showed up in Rebels? 
Yes. Yeah, I saw a theory saying that could be it, but I don't think it is, but it'd be cool because if he's looking for Mandalorians, Mandalorians yeah. live there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I forget what that plan is called, by the way, but... Um, Coronist. Coronist? Okay, yeah. yeah. No, that's that's it. Yeah, that's a good uh, that's a good theory. I like that one. Um, I mean, uh, uh, what are some other theories? Like, I was, I'm trying to remember the trailer now. Oh yeah, there's this woman with like a hood, like a cloak on, and uh, nobody knows who she is. I think she's like a completely new character, but like, wh- who do you, who do you guys think she is? Uh, I know. Yeah. The wrestler Sasha Banks, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, like the wrestler. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's who's playing. That role, um, I know. Obviously, she's wearing a hood, so she's definitely. Or is she a spy, or is she a, a assassin? The hood reminded me of like, similar to the night night sister hoods. Um, so I'm not saying she's a night sister, but maybe she's linked in some way, or some sort of dark assassin. Um, I don't know. I think it looks like she's watching a crowd. Talk, tell us one quick clip, isn't it? She's like watching the cloud, the crowd. Sorry, um, and then like sort of vanishes after she sort of spotted the mando by the looks of it. So, I wouldn't know if she's maybe an assassin working for Moff Gideon, or you know, I wonder if there's more into this sort of Sith assassins who um, Chief Bastoon belongs to from the Rise of Skywalker. Maybe there's there's more of those, and maybe she's connected to that. Yeah, no, that's that's a good one. Yeah, very interesting. Um, I don't know. Is there anything that you guys can think of that uh, that might be speculatory? I guess. Boba Fett. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah. What do you think of yeah. that? Uh, I think that obviously Timothy Oliphant's been cast. Apparently, is Cobb Vance, which is a character from the Aftermath trilogy, who is the last person we know. In possession yeah. of uh, Boba Fett's armor. I don't know whether, obviously, with the Mandalorian looking for Mandalorians, he hears about someone on Tatooine wearing Mandalorian armor. But then, did obviously, you, yeah, yeah. Go on. Did you? Um, yeah. So Cobb Vanth, like, um, he's he was a character for like for anybody for anybody who didn't read those books. He was a character that showed up in the aftermath trilogy. In some of the interludes uh, on Tatooine, and he was like, uh, "How would you describe him? Like a, like a gunslinger, kind of like you know, he stole the the armor from was it some Jawas? I forget. Uh, there was a it was obviously a, a crime syndicate trying to move into Tatooine. Obviously, with uh, Jabba the Hutt dying, there was a bit of a power vacuum on Tatooine, and he takes this head, this takes this representative of the crime syndicate into the sand crawl of the Jawas, and, and the crime syndicate guy." Uh, tries to take the arm and he's like, no, that's for me. And then it obviously sets off the free interludes where this crime syndicate try and take him out. But you find out he's a slave. They they leave his uh, backstory very vague. There's a few there's a few bits in it where he's like, oh, you don't know my story and all that type of thing. So he, he's just a he's a, he's an ex slave who tries to bring uh, a bit of law and order to Tatooine. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think uh, I think that's possibly who we could see in Boba Fett's armor. But then Tamara Morrison's rumored. To be coming back and to be rumored to be playing Boba Fett because eventually I think right. we'll see the Mandalorian face Boba Fett one day. I don't know whether it'll be yeah. season two. But. And you see, this is one of the things that I kind of I'm I'm starting to cringe about because I um, I mean I would like to see I would love to see a, like a continuation 
slash acknowledgement of like those those three books and and yet i'm also worried that it's just not going to happen and that they're going to skip the whole like Cobb vanth like storyline and and just go straight to like boba fett survived the sarlacc here he is again kind of thing like um it just makes me wonder like if they're going to do that or not you know because because yeah tomorrow morrison is rumored to be reprising his role as, as boba fett so i mean if we're if we're to like think about it for a second go okay it's been five years since um return of the jedi um and uh you know Cobb vance has been running around in boba fett's armor this whole time and now we're getting tomorrow morrison come back to play the character is like are we going to see some sort of encounter between <clears throat> Cobb vance and boba fett and then what i guess are we is that going to have something to do with like the mandalorian in any way as well right I could see yeah, I think, it being, yeah, gone, Pete. So, um, obviously, in that episode where uh, Nick Shand gets shot, like, there's a deliberate shot there at the end of uh, someone approaching him. Yeah. Uh, who that is, we don't know. Obviously, they do use the Bootspur sound that they've got from Empire Strikes Back when Boba Fett is walking with um, mm, Anselm and Common Freeze, I believe. <clears throat> yeah. So I think like that that shot's in there deliberate. I think Dave Filoni, I think he's always looking at like the bigger picture. So sprinkle this in here, and then it's going to be part of the story in the next season. Uh, case in point would be the uh, space whales. So you sprinkle them in. Can't remember season they were in, but season is it two or three they appear? Two, two um, I think, yeah. Everyone's oh, then obviously filler. People, everyone's saying it's filler and then it's actually like the biggest part of the ending of the show um, so yeah I think like obviously I think when they've wrote that I think they've known exactly who that is mm-hmm. obviously that told us that um, I think we're going to find out now see that Boba Fett or, or Cobb Vanth I think um, most probably Cobb Vanth I'd imagine he's like the sheriff of Tatooine type of thing um, so if he's found someone probably heard that there's been some shots out there Probably heard there's been some assassins hiding out there, and he's gone to have a look, and he's found an injured assassin. Um, maybe that's how he ends up getting in contact with the Mandalorian, or in contact with Boba Fett um, that way. I think I think we'll see. Actually, is is Ming Na Wen confirmed for season two? No, no, I don't believe she is. Yeah, I think she's dead. Well, like uh, the her character. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see, but um, I think um, someone investigated that death. If it was a death, or someone found her and managed to bring her, like to save her life. Um, mm-hmm. So I'd imagine that if she was saved, she'll be pretty angry. The two did it, and we'll be after them. Um, maybe that's how we get the sort of Cobb Vanth coming into contact with the Mandalorian. Um, I think obviously he's wearing Mandalorian armor. Um, I think, um, I think was, it, was it me and you, Ian, who discussed this? Where with where I think it was yourself who suggested that maybe Mando takes the armor off Cobb Vanth, saying like that's not your heritage, and Boa Fett tracks him down to get the armor back, type of thing. Yeah, I could see that happening. Yeah, definitely because uh, I don't know what Boba Fett would have been doing for five years. It's the only thing that stops me thinking that this could be like legit. Because I don't know why it would take him five years to try and get his armor back unless he's a bit down on his luck, maybe. Uh, but yeah, I could definitely see that the man because 
I'm sure I saw like a freeze frame in one of the trailers on the back of his speeder bike on Tatooine. It looks like Boba Fett's arm is hanging off the side. Yeah. So I wonder if he takes it and then that's how Boba Fett... Because I, eventually I could see Boba Fett coming after the child. So right. I could see eventually... Like that, first tour uh, kind of thing, right? Yeah, because he, yeah. he basically... Only, he's only interested in bounties, isn't he? So yeah. it doesn't matter if they're good people, bad people... Doesn't matter. It's a Boba Fett. Yeah. No, you I, have to uh, remember that. Man. Go ahead. Yeah. Obviously, the Jedi killed his dad, so mm. he doesn't like Mace Windu. Right. He killed his dad. You get the Clone Wars arc where he's after revenge on the Jedi. So if he hears of this new, you could say Luke Skywalker was part of his demise at the Battle of the um, oh, yeah. Palace. Mm. Um, so you could say that maybe, oh, this Force sensitive child. I don't like Force users. They've caused me a lot of pain. I'm going to go off and get this force user from off Gideon. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Yeah. Right. Sorry, I got my alarm going off right now. Hold on. I'll be right back. Uh, sorry about that, guys. Normally on uh, Saturday, I have my alarm to wake up at 10 a.m., but, uh, you know, today was an exception. <laughs> just <laughs> forgot, I, forgot I left it on in the background. But um, so, so yeah, I mean, I, there's one other big theory that's, that's um, <clears throat> circling around season two. And uh, that's the fact that uh, this whole, you know, R Rosario Dawson casting as, as Ahsoka Tano, right? Now, I mean, I've, I love the idea of like, cause I mean, Rosario Dawson like has that visual look, I guess, to Ahsoka Tano. She's also a brilliant actress and um, I don't know. I think, um, I think she would play the character great. I'm, I just, I also think that Ashley Eckstein kind of deserved to play that role as far as like live action choices go. I mean, she's the one who brought this character to life for over 10 years. Um, so... <clears throat> I think when it comes down to the casting choice, I mean, I'm still a little split on it, but I mean, as far as the character actually showing up in the show, like, what do you guys think about, about that happening? And do you think it's kind of necessary slash needed? Like, how do you think that's going to happen if it does? I don't think they bring me, in. Oh, go on, go on, Pete. Sorry, man. I'm just going to say, like, as long as it makes sense, like, as long as they're not putting sort of square pegs in round holes, if... It makes sense for the story to bring Sokatano into it, then do it 100%. But if it's just a case of trying to get eyes on the product, they don't need to get eyes on the product, was the most show in history, I believe, season one. So, like, mm -hmm. for me, they don't need to use the character, get eyes on the product. So, for me, it has to 100% be for a story reason. Um, I think if they are going to do it, it has to 100% work. Um, I mean, you can sort of see where it makes sense. Obviously, like the Andor is now looking for four Jedi to deliver the child to. Um, so Katana was alive at this point. She is. I mean, she's not part of the Jedi Order, but like she is a, she was a Jedi and she's no longer a Jedi, but she's still a, a good person and a good Force user who would be known as a Jedi to the 
the public here in Counter, I'd imagine. Um, so that sort of makes sense. Um, I'm just like, I don't know. It's this is the gets scary because it's like if they get this wrong, like could damage the whole show. Um, a bit nervous about it, but I mean they've always used Ahsoka very, very wisely. So hopefully that continues. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, go ahead, Ian. I have complete faith in them not to just think, oh, we'll bring this person in, bring this person in. I think there'll be a reason. Right. If she's in it, like, I know it's pretty much nailed on that she's in it. Yeah. I thought it'd be, uh, to be fair, I think it'd be uh, pretty funny if she wasn't in it after all the <laughs> reports have said she's in it because people would be like, whoa, okay. I think I don't that would th- be the biggest craziest thing ever if like yeah this whole time people have been like yeah she's gonna be in it and then it's like she isn't oh yeah i think i think i'd log off twitter for uh, a good couple of weeks because i <laughs> think it's the biggest like site uh, ever but i, I mean, think i'll like, just sit back and watch <laughs> yeah yeah exactly you know i think i think dave filoni is the kind of guy though that i mean he's so good at like avoiding people's questions about around anything that he's trying to keep a secret right so I honestly I wouldn't be that surprised if this whole thing was like a big fan theory that just got blown way out of proportion, and somehow uh, it just stuck, kind of thing. Unlike the uh, like if it wasn't for uh, what's his face saying clearly on Twitter that he wasn't playing a live action Ezra Bridger, he kind of like set off his own his oh, own yeah. rumor, right? And right. and so. When it comes down to something like that, it's like maybe, like yeah, maybe Rosario Dawson said something that, you know, I guess egged people on to respond the way that they did. Like you know, as fans, like we all were all like, oh yeah, cool, like live action Ahsoka, and then it just stuck, and she never came out to like deny that this was or wasn't happening. But I don't know. I mean, like, is there any is there any clear indication that she is doing it? Did she stay on record at any point that she's I've coming seen, back? So the, I've- Yeah, so from the Hollywood Reporter like reported it as fact. They've got two, at least two sources on record saying that yeah. Rosario Dawson is a Sokatano. So like they've reported, and then the reporter and slash film have both reported that as fact, as real journalistic pieces, and as respectable Hollywood media outlets. So Lucasfilm have declined to comment, as they have on everything over this year to do with the Mandalorian, um, which really me up because I think like I knew it was going to get out they should have like dropped some little set pictures just to tease one get more excited rather than find out for a, a new story and then um off the back of that Rosario Dawson was doing a talk show appearance I believe and he asked her about that and she went oh um once that's confirmed it'll be good to talk about but I can't at the minute right yeah what were you going to say, Ian? Yeah, I was going to say what Pete said. Yeah, I saw a comment from her saying that, uh, you know, yeah, it'll be good once it's confirmed. So I assume I'm 99.9% sure she's playing, she's in the show. How do you think then that they're actually going to introduce her to the show? Because I, like, I think, I mean, if I'm going to share your mind, um, if she is in it, um, I think that she will be that character that ends up being the person in which you know the mandalorian takes the child to 
because he's been tasked with finding a Jedi, right? To, to return this child to, to a Jedi. So like, I, I don't know. It, do you think that it, that's a likely possibility that like Ahsoka Tano's appearance will be when he actually gets to his goal? I think that now that we in the trailer said he's looking for Mandalorians, I think he comes across Sabine, who might be who was last time we saw her was with Ahsoka. So I reckon uh, I don't know. This is the thing. I I don't know what's going on with Ezra. I don't know if they found him at this point. I don't know if he's back. Uh, if he's not back, I assume they're still looking for him because I don't know exactly where that takes place. I think it takes place after the Return of the Jedi, where they go off to look for him. I don't know how long. That search takes. No one does. We all want to know what happens there. Right. So I think, I think a lot he, of us were yeah. hoping for a continuated animated series too, right? That's the rumor. Yeah. Another rumor that there is one out there apparently. <laughs> but uh, until it's announced. Yeah, so many things to hope for. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah. <coughs> Anyways, uh, we're approaching an hour here, so I guess we'll just wrap up. But um, I mean, if uh, anybody is out there listening to this uh, and uh, uh, I mean and you don't have uh, Ian or Peter on on Twitter uh, uh, what are you guys' handles how can they follow you and get in touch with you <laughs> I was waiting for us to go I'm, uh, I'm on Twitter at, uh, at Star Wars Ian all lowercase that's where you can find me awesome and uh, I'm on Twitter at Pete Hitman Hart, in for Bret Hart, my favorite wrestler. And you can find uh, the podcast on Twitter at Bores Star. That's just Star Balls Reversed for the Twitter account there. Hey guys, well, thanks again for coming back on the show, and uh, we'll uh, see you guys again at some point. We'll do this again sometime, eh? Cheers, man. Cheers, man. Thank you. All right, guys, thanks again for tuning in to Star Wars Escape Pod, and uh, make sure you go check out the Star Wars podcast, as well as Ian and Peter on uh, Twitter, because uh, they have, uh, they're great Star Wars fans, very massive Star Wars fans, and uh, quite frankly, uh, if you are into Star Wars on any level whatsoever, you should be following their accounts, because uh, they got something good going for them. So you can follow Ian at Star Wars Ian, uh, that is uh, I-A-I-N, uh, Ian, and uh, his uh, title there is uh, The Mandalore Ian. So uh, very smart. <laughs> and uh, uh, Peter can also be found at his uh, Star Wars podcast uh, account, which is at Boars Star. And uh, his personal account uh, is also going to be listed in the description box below. So uh, you can also reach us at uh, the escapepodoutlook.com as well as our Twitter handle at SW Escape Podcast. And uh, we have a link to the Discord, uh, which you are very welcome to join on our, uh, on our Twitter feed as well as in the description box below as well as our SpeakPipe address. Drop us a voicemail. We'd love to hear your voice on the show as well. And uh, you know what? Uh, we're found on any platform across the galaxy. But if you're on Apple Podcasts, a five-star review definitely helps. And uh, we'd love to hear what you guys think of uh, this week's episode. So uh, make sure you uh, drop some feedback. And uh, we're looking forward to having you back, uh, tuning in to Star Wars Escape Pod. So we'll see you next time. And may the Force be with you.